Well, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you this weekend. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter number one. I'm actually going to walk through the first three chapters of the Gospel of Mark today. And, uh, and so um, I want to talk to you today about a subject matter that I think is really appropriate, especially coming into this summer season. I know it doesn't feel like summer today, but it will again, right? So uh, welcome to Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin. And so welcome. And uh, if you don't like the weather, just wait, it'll change. But uh, so we're in this season now from Memorial Day through Labor Day, these three months of kind of summer. And um, where we are, uh, we've got a time to try to, most of you will take a break somewhere in the course of this, of this three-month period. You, you will go on vacation, you'll uh, go to the lake, you'll go see family, you'll you, you'll, do, you'll take a day off, you'll take a weekend off, you'll, you'll do all of that. And it's a great time to do that. Um, and something that I notice is that um, if we're not careful and intentional, we, we miss some opportunities that I think are, um, are great. And, and I want to encourage you to do this in your going and your travels and your vacation. It, it's a phrase I want to give you today. This is the one thing I want to talk about. And I want to encourage you to come apart before you come apart. To come apart before you come apart. As a pastor, as a person that's a clergy, uh, dealing with people for, for a couple of decades of my life at this point in time, something that I notice that we do as people is that we go, 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 and we don't always know when to stop. We go, 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 and we don't always know when to take a break. Um, in the church world, the one, the one thing that it's okay for everybody to do is to kind of not really honor the Sabbath. Even though the Bible says we should honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, even though it's one of the Ten Commandments, quite frankly, it, life happens and this happens. And, and is there really a 24-hour period in your life every week where you just kind of, you step back and you say, this is going to be a day that's set aside for the Lord. And this is a day that I'm going to do no work. This is a day that I'm going to rest. This is a day that I'm going to choose to come apart so that I don't come apart. No. Even as a minister, the one thing that gets rewarded in my profession is to ignore that. It's actually to break that. And it, the more you work and the more that you're on and the more that it's almost like, you know, you've got this S on your chest, you're super pastor. Here you are to save the day, kind of like Mighty Mouse. And, uh, and so you're just there and it's 24-7. It's that kind of a deal. And what happens is if we don't take time to take a Sabbath, if we don't take time to, to step back from, if we don't take time to take a break, if we don't have a regular rhythm of that, if we don't take time to choose to come apart, we wind up coming apart. And in coming apart, we wind up sitting across the table in a room with an attorney because we're about to divorce our spouse. Because we've not taken time to come apart together and to work on things together and to develop a relationship. And therefore, that marital relationship is coming apart, it seems. And this person no longer makes me happy, or this person no longer meets my needs, or they're not the same person that I'm married, or we raise kids together, and now we've been married for 20-some-odd years, but we are now empty nesting, and we're looking across the table at someone that we don't even know because we never took time over those times to come apart, and now we're coming apart. We're in a doctor's office because we're dealing with such degrees of anxiety and depression and all of these issues because we're just going and going and going and we're masking it. 
Again, the one thing that we love in our society, especially in a first world uh, uh, society, is to be able to say, I'm busy. It's kind of a mantra. It's, it, it's like macho. It's like great if you go, I'm busy and I'm going here and I'm da 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 but if you, and you don't take time to come apart, then you begin to come apart. And how you try to keep those seams glued together and stitched back together is medication. So you take something to get you up in the morning, you take something to put you to bed at night. We're the most medicated society in the world. We are. Like it or you don't like it. All of these issues. And, and here's what I want you to understand, is that when I look at the Gospels, of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the life of Jesus, I see a rhythm of a man who was, I mean, he probably had the biggest job in the world. He's going to save the world, literally, right? So if anybody had an excuse to, I don't have time to take a break. I don't have time to, to, to take a few minutes away. I don't have time to come apart before I come apart. It's something that I see in Scripture that he does over and over and over with regularity. Again, he comes apart before he comes apart. And I'm saying that because as I'm prepping this message this week, and I'm, I'm kind of coming to the summertime, so during these three months, a lot of what I will do are standalone sermons. And, um, and I'll do sermons and messages where we will just kind of like, this is kind of an overflow. This is just something that the Lord's really put on my heart. It's just a particular message. And as I was prepping and saying, Lord, what, what do you want um, to me to preach on. What, what do you want me to say this weekend? What, I, I've got this one weekend. I, I, I don't, uh, next weekend, I, I've got something going on, and, and, and I, I'm, you know, I'm not preaching. I'm, I'm taking a break uh, Memorial Day weekend. So what do you want me to do this first weekend of June? And this is the thing that just kept coming back to me. I went back into some notes that I took a, over a year ago of, of just because, just, again, it's overflow. It's just because I, I battle with this just like you do. Um. And it kept coming back to me. This is such a great time because last Friday, I just took the weekend off. I chose to come apart before I come apart. It's kind of been a busy 12 months for me. This time last year, I'm writing a dissertation and I'm staring at 50,000 words typed and, and 200 some odd sources and a bibliography. And I'm trying to get all this stuff going together. And, and at the same time, I, I'm having to, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing my day job and do other things. And, and, and this summer, this is like a year where, quite frankly, I'm not really trying to move the ball uh, professionally down the field as, as much. I'm just really trying to say, okay, God, what, what are you doing? What's next? What's happening? What's going on? And so, so I didn't shave last week, which is great. I showered once, maybe twice. <laughs> Conserve water, right? And uh, and so I, I and then so I just I went I went up north and and just I'm just up there and I'm outside and I'm I'm getting to walk and I'm getting just to pray and I'm getting to think and I'm getting to sleep and eat. Oh man, did I eat? And uh, and so um, I'm doing that on church on Sunday. I went to a church in, in the little community I was at, and, and a, a little church there, and probably 100 people in the room, and I, I, I just drove my pickup truck, and I went in, and, and I just, I came in on the second row, and I was just able not to have to worry about anything. If the music was off, it wasn't my problem. If the cues weren't met, it wasn't my problem. If anybody showed up or nobody showed up, it wasn't my problem. How much money came in the offering wasn't my problem. It, all the things that I have to think about and manage as a local pastor, I didn't have to do. And I just was able to sit there. And can I tell you, the worship wasn't my, kind of, my cup of tea. And, and quite frankly, it wasn't really that great. But I was in the house of the Lord, and so I was able just to worship because I was choosing to come apart before I came apart. You know what I'm saying? And then the sermon, it was a, a kid that had graduated Bible college a year before. He preached 17 minutes. You wish I would only preach 17 minutes. 
17 minutes. And he just kept saying the same phrase over and over because he was like a termite yo-yo, just round and around and around. I mean, he just, bless his heart, he was so nervous. And, um, and, but, but, but I was in the house, and it was just so good just to be able to sit there because I was able to worship. Even though one song, nobody was ever on key. I mean, literally, nobody was on key. You don't like smoking lights. At least we're on key, right? And nobody's on key. But I get to, and it wasn't even my song, but I, but I got, and I, I don't know the words of this one song, but they had it on the screen, so I was able to read because I'm literate just like you. And so I can read it and I can do it. And I was in the house of the Lord, and, and there was a simple message, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. You're never alone. God's always with you. And I went back, and I got in my truck, and I listened to my country music, which is what I do when I'm in my truck, and I go on back, and I just had a weekend where I didn't think about anything or anybody else except for kind of my four and no more, and I had this time to kind of come apart before I come apart. And I brought back to this passage and I began to walk through the Gospels and just kind of go over them. And I noticed this pattern, I'm going to get there in just a second, that Jesus does. It's stress and release. Stress and release. If you're taking notes, you want to write that down. Stress and release. I'm going to unpack that. He goes these full court press, feeding 5,000, uh, seeing blind eyes open and deaf ears open and the lame walk and, and cast devils out and walking on water and calming the storm down and dealing with, with, with the religious elite of his day. He, I mean, just going, 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 complete full court stress. And then there is this complete, he's gone. Jesus chooses to come apart before he comes apart. Because understand, yes, he's God, but he's also man. He's 100% man. And so we are, and, 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 and as Jesus will say, that Sabbath, the, the, we were not designed, the Sabbath was designed for man, not man for the Sabbath. That, that break, Sabbath is kind of a good spiritual word that says it's God worked six days on and one day he rested. And that's called the Sabbath day. And that's holy. And it doesn't matter if that Sabbath is on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whether you work shift work and you're here some weekends and not other weekends. It's, the day of the week is what not, not what's important. It's that you set aside one out of every seven days. You go, this is a holy day where I'm going to choose to come apart so that I don't come apart. I'm going to choose to come apart. I'm going to choose to release myself from all of these things, all of this stuff, and, then, and not engage. So when you're talking about stress, you're talking about kind of work mode. For Jesus, it was ministry mode. You're on. You're on. This is what you're doing. And then, and then the release, it's, it's a time of resting and retreating. You're off mode. You don't have to shower or shave. Amen? Lake hair, don't care. You, got, you know what I'm saying? Like, just doesn't matter. And so, and we see this rhythm. And so what I want to do is I want to show you this, and then I want to unpack this real quick. Because I think this is a principle that if we strive to live in our own lives, it will make us better Christ followers it will make us better people. It will make us better spouses. It will make our, stronger, our families stronger. Even sociologists have told us that beyond 55 to 60 hours in a week, production with an employee actually goes down. And the longer that you work, the, the worse your, the productivity of that employee is. That actually the optimal time is somewhere around 55 is the magic number of peak performance. Beyond that, you begin to just erode away at the productivity that they bring back to the organization. Why? Because we were designed to work this way. This is how God works. We're creating the image and the likeness of him. 
So look at this, Mark chapter 1. If you, I want to open your Bibles. I'm literally going to walk through this. Now here's what's interesting. Your Bible will be broken into chapters and verses, which is not how the original document was given. The original document is a complete letter or document that Mark writes. So chapter 1 all the way through chapter 16. It's chapter 16 in some translations wasn't even included. It wasn't included until later. But those 16 chapters of the book of Mark are actually like one long letter. What happens is, is years later, they come in and put chapters and verses in there to break it up so that we're able to just be able to find it quickly. Then, in, in our modern day, you have these little subheadings where it's like, you know, Jesus is born, and then Jesus came at a wedding uh, that does the first miracle, and then Jesus does. It's these subheadings. What's interesting is this whole stress and release is not documented in any. It's all embedded within these passages, but I want to pull it out for you, and I'm just going to kind of just walk through these first couple of chapters. It's going to be on the screen if you don't have a have a Bible. If you want to jot these notes down, these references down, you can do that because it's pretty fascinating, but it's very simple. So Mark chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descended on him like a dove and the voice from heaven saying, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we know this is Jesus' first official act as a, as, as, as a minister. This is his public ministry is beginning, about age 30. Look at verse 12. Immediately the Spirit drove him out into the wilderness. So he goes from this very, very public display of who he is to immediately he's going to go to 40 days to prayer and fasting, and then there's going to be the temptation of Christ, and then he's going to come back. Stress, release. Going down to verse 29 of, 30, verse 29 of chapter 1. So immediately he left the synagogue and entered into the house of Simon and Andrew. This is the stress. With James and John, Simon's mother-in-law lay uh, ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. He came and took her by the hand, lifted her up. The fever left. She began to, to serve them. And at evening, at sun, that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick, all the oppressed by demons. The whole city was gathered together at the door. Can you imagine? They're pressing in. And he healed as many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not per permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Full court press. Look at verse 35. And early, rising very early in, in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed. He went out to a desolate place where he prayed. Again, release. He's coming apart before he comes apart. Go on down to verse 36. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. They're looking for him, right? And they found him and they said, everyone's looking for you. Because guess what? The same way is true in your world. Everybody's got a problem. Everybody needs you. Everything's got to be, you know, it, this is not a 21st century issue. It's just a humanity issue. And he said to them, let us go to the next towns that I can preach there also. And, and what, this is why I came out. And he went all throughout Galilee preaching in their synagogues and casting out devils. So stress, he's full court, he's going. Now look at verse 45, skip on that to verse 45. It gives some insight of what's going on. The news spread so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. So now the popularity is rising to such a level. He literally cannot go into any major metropolitan area in their time, right? Any, any populated city. He's actually going to these outskirt villages, and they're following him. So you want to talk about someone who was in high demand, someone who had no rest, someone who had no reprieve, someone who had to fight for the release. Where does the release come from? Look at chapter 2, verse 1. And he returned to Capernaum after some days, and it was reported he was at home. Now, what's interesting about that passage, I don't have time to unpack this, but theologians and scholars 
believe that Jesus is 30 years of age at this point in time. He's a grown man. This is not the 21st century. He doesn't live in his parents' basement. He owned a house. He's a carpenter by trade. What carpenter doesn't own a home that's a professional? He's at his own house at this point in time. Now, we don't really know where he lived, but we know that if you look, and it's also interesting, you talk about the coming apart in order so you don't come apart, the stress and the release. Something that's very interesting is that Jesus spends a lot of time going to mountaintops and going to the lake, to the Sea of Galilee, which is basically like a lake. He spends a lot of time in those two places, which is pretty interesting because most of the time when we want to get away, we want to go to the ocean or to a lake, to a body of water, or we want to go to the mountains and retreat. There's something about those things and in, in, in just in who and what we are. Jesus is, is in Capernaum, which is, a, which is a, a village along the Sea of Galilee there, and he's at his house, release, trying to get away. Go, go, to, go to chapter 3, verse 7, chapter 3, verse 7. Again, this is just all embedded into these, into these breakdowns in, in the Bible, but it's all right there. Chapter 7. Jesus withdrew from his disciples to the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd followed him from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idiom, and, they, and beyond the Jordan from around the Tyre and Sidon. And when the great crowd heard all he was doing, they came to him. And he told the disciples, have a boat ready for him because the crowd, lest they crush him. This is how big this is getting. For he had healed many so that all who had diseases pressed around to touch him. He cannot literally move. Look at verse 13. And then he went up on the mountain, and he called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. You ever been there? I don't want to see everybody. I don't want to be around everybody. Let's just have our family. I, I don't want to go to a restaurant tonight. I don't want to go out in public tonight. I just want to kind of be home. I just want to be quiet. I just, I just, can we just get a pizza and go home and watch a movie or watch the ball game? This is what Jesus is doing. He's not... Domino's doesn't deliver to the mountaintop, right? There's no, there's no ball game. But you understand, he, he's coming. The rhythm is he's coming apart before he comes apart. Why? Because he's, he who is God, he's deity, he's 100% God, but he, is, he left, the Bible says, the glory and the splendor of heaven, and he comes to this earth, and he clothes himself in humanity, in this flesh, which is limited. And the limitations of our flesh, our flesh is limited. You have limitations. I have limitations. The reality is, is that if I don't understand the limits of my own physical person and being, I will come apart at the seams because I and you were never created to live in a fallen world. You have to remember, we're creating the image and likeness of God. Garden of Eden, perfection, we're naked and we don't know it. There's such purity. Sin enters into the world. The Bible says by, through one man, the first Adam, and it's only through the second Adam, which would be Jesus, that sin will actually, there will be a way of escape. And when sin enters into the world, all of these issues of the limitness of, of who we are, of our own flesh, all comes into play. And if you don't believe the Bible, you wouldn't believe anything I just said. But if you believe the Bible, it's what the book of Genesis says. And so there's these limitations I have. There's this, and so there's got to be this rhythm. I've got to find a rhythm. Yes, I can go get medication to get me up in the morning, put me to bed at night. But there's going to be issues with that and problems with that. There's side effects with that. Yes, I can, I can just, just go until I burn out. Or, you know what, I'm not going to burn out. I'm just going to just kind of rust out, which is the other way. 
Because most people, when they deal with tension, when they deal with these come apart situations, they either kind of throw their hands up in the air and they just kind of go, you know what, this isn't my problem. I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to act like this doesn't exist. I'm going to be like an ostrich and I'm going to stick my hand in the proverbial, my head in the proverbial sand. Or you lean into it. The, the, the thing is, is that we are created to, to come apart so that we don't come apart. And what I want to encourage you to do in your life is to find this rhythm. As a follower of Jesus Christ, it's what we see Jesus doing. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, spatially, how he's dealing with people, where he's at. He's coming apart so that he doesn't come apart. Because the amount of stress and the amount of pressure and the demands that are coming upon him spiritually, even though he's God, they're coming upon him physically. Even though he's God, they're coming upon him emotionally. Even though he's God, they're coming upon him mentally, even though he's God. He still practices this rhythm, and you see it all throughout these passages, that he retreats to the mountains or retreats to the lake. He gets away, only the people that he wants. Sometimes you think, well, you know, Jesus didn't have favorites. Oh, yes, he did. There's John the Beloved. John was his BFF. There's a reason why he's called Beloved. It's the one he loved among, among all the other ones. There's the three, Peter, James, and John. That's the inner circle. They'll go to the Mount of Transfiguration. They'll retreat from the other 12, and they'll meet Moses and Abraham and God, and they'll set up a mountain, and Peter will say, why don't we just live here? Why don't we just stay here? Then there's the 12, and one of the 12 will actually, actually betray him, Judas. Then beyond the 12, there's the 70 that he'll send out, two by two. And then beyond the 70, there's 120, because we know there's 120 in the upper room. Matter of fact, there's uh, Thaddeus who will replace Judas when you read Acts chapter 2. He was there from the very beginning but was not, posed, was not chosen to be a part. Of, he might have been part of the 70, but he wasn't chosen to be a part of the 12, nor of the 3, nor of the 1. He was kind of like the first alternate. Read it. It's all there. Oh, yeah. There were times that Jesus was like, I can't deal with all 12 of you. I just want these three right here. There were times he said, I couldn't deal with the 11 of you. I just want John. John's the one I love. He's my beloved. John, just come. Just be with me. Just, let's just hang out. There were times he didn't want to deal with anybody, and he gets alone. He comes apart so that he doesn't come apart. So he doesn't come apart at the seams. So there's this stress. Let's talk about this. Stress and going and in giving. There's a stress. What I mean by that? Going and giving. We see that Jesus goes to the need, he goes to the people, he has compassion, he goes, and then he gives of himself, and he gives of himself, and he gives of himself until he is completely depleted. It's the same way that, a, that, that someone that's conditioning themselves physically, they're going to go to the gym and then they're going to give it all. On, uh, uh, they're they're going to give it all, whether they're lifting weights, whether they're doing CrossFit. I don't do that kind of stuff, as you can tell. And whatever they do, they're going to give it all. They're, they're a long-distance runner. They're going to go, and they're, they're, going to, they're, going, they're going to go to the trail, and then they're going to leave it all out there. The, the guy that's going to go bike 100 miles today, he's going to get the bike. He's going to get on the trail. He's going to get on the road, and then he's going to leave it all out there. It, it's, it's, the, it's the guy that, that's going to play basketball. It's a full-court press. I'm going to leave it all out there. It's the tennis match. I'm going to push and push, and then I'm going to break. I'm going to push push and push, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, it's, it's, whatever it is, it's going to it and giving it everything you've got. It's what Jesus does. For us, it's going to work, going to school, going to pick up that kid from practice, 
We're going somewhere. So we're out there in the middle of all the flow and everything that's happening. Traffic, chaos, people, good day, bad day, good weather, bad weather, nice drivers, bad drivers, road rage, uh, 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 kids that are upset, dealing with people that, 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 that are us being upset, whatever, work, uh, bosses that aren't good, clients that aren't good, people, customers that aren't happy. We're going into all of that. And then when we get there, we're giving. We're giving of ourselves to the clients. We're giving of ourselves to the partners. We're giving of ourselves to the customer. We're giving of ourselves to our family. We're giving everything that we have. And, and, and let me say this. When we see Jesus, he's not passive in this. This is the thing that I, I'm a firm believer in, is that the, the, the Jews believe that a man or a woman could work six days on and one day off, sun up to sundown, six days a week. Hard work will not hurt you. Hard work predates the fall of man. God tells Adam before sin ever enters into the world, this is your job. Your job is to have dominion over this planet. This planet is not here for, uh, 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 this planet is here to serve you. This planet is here for you to have dominion. Now you have a responsibility to steward this, but this is what this is for. And I want you to have dominion over every beast of the field, over every fowl of the air, over every fish of the sea. You are to rule and reign on this planet. That's the reason why we love home ownership. That's the reason why we, we love to buy back 40 of property. That's the reason why we love to start a business or we, or, or we love to advance. We love, we, it's, this, it's, this, it's how we're created. It's why we're created. And so the reality is, is we, are, we are wired, hardwired to go. People that are just lazy and slothful, read Proverbs alone. There is no future and no hope. I mean, I'm just telling you, like, the Bible never gives us a pass not to be fully engaged. We don't see that with Jesus, that he's not fully engaged. We don't see that with any of the disciples, that they're not fully engaged. There's this call to go. And when you go, you give, and you give, and you leave it all there. Work hard, develop yourself, push yourself. I know we have limits, but push and push and push. And when you have your critics that tell you you can't do it, just go and give it. The best thing to do for your critics is go be successful. That shuts their mouths every time. Amen. I'm getting excited now. Just give and go and do. And... But then when you've spent yourself... You've broken a good sweat. You've worked up a good sweat. You, 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 you've laid it all out there. You're done. You, you have spent. Then you need to release. What, is, what do you mean by release? Well, first of all, release is rest. Release is rest. You have to have time after you have stressed that you actually come back and you unplug. You sleep. You turn off. It's a Sabbath. It's a break. The weekend. This is why, let me just say this. This is what's so powerful, in my opinion, about going to church regularly. It's not about checking a box. If going to church for you is like checking a box that you're trying to make God happy, then that follows into the stress column. I get to get all the kids in the van. Am I talking to anybody? All the kids in the van. My husband and I are going to be yelling the whole time. And somebody's going to tell somebody to shut up. And somebody may say something that they shouldn't say. And this is going to happen. This kid's screaming. This is going on. And it's just an all-out fight till we get there. And then we see somebody in the parking lot like, hey, how are you? Oh, God bless you. It's such a wonderful day. <laughs> you big fat liar. Right? I mean, it's what it is. And it's just like, ah. Instead of it being, you know what? 
as David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Is it always going to be easy? No. Are there days, Aaron, you don't want to be at church? Yes, and I'm the pastor, right? You understand? There are weekends, it's like, and this is not one of those weekends, but there are weekends where it's just like, I'm like, this is very much, uh, and for me, this is a certain amount of, this is my work, this is my giving and going. And so, the deal is, is that it's about, though, about finding that rhythm, like I was last weekend, where I was able to go into the church service, and they didn't sing the songs that I would have sang. But guess what? I chose to worship. Not because they were phenomenal, but because it's my choice. Not because they were singing what I wanted them to sing, but it's because it was my choice. Not because it was everything that I wanted, but because it was my hour to worship the Lord. That's my time. I choose to worship Him. And then the guy that was preaching, he had one point. He didn't have one point because he was intentional. He had one point because he only had one point. I mean, he just, he like a termite yo-yo. I mean, kid's going to have to work on his preaching. And, um, but the deal is, is there was a refreshing to sit in there and just say, okay, God, this is what you're saying to me. I get it. I'm never alone. I don't need to be afraid. I need to do what you've called me to do. And then there's something about just sitting where two or more are gathered together in Jesus' name. There he is in the midst. There's something about just being in the house of God, in the presence of the Lord, quieting everything down. It's rest. It's charging me up. Are there some times where you go on vacation and you don't go to church? Yep. But I love the times when I have that opportunity to be able to do just that. I'm not on. Nobody knows me. I slip in. I slip out. Nobody's like, hey, would you pray for me? Hey, what about this? Hey, could you talk about this? Hey, I don't like that. There's no joy suckers trying to suck the joy and the life out of me. Amen. <laughs> I, it's not my problem. I'm not the pastor. I didn't even shave for a week. I barely, I barely took a bath. So, I mean, I'm just in there, right? I'm just having church. Rest is a release is about rest. I encourage you. That's what this weekend services are about. I tell this to the staff all the time. People are coming into this church service hurting. They've had a rough week. And things are going on. And it's our responsibility as ministers in the house of the Lord to minister unto them as they minister unto God. Release is about reconnection. It's about reconnection. It's like a power cord for an electronic device. It's like powering up your phone. I don't know how you do this, but for me, at the end of the day, I plug my phone in. I have a place where my, this plug is always there. I plug the phone in. I have a place where I dock my laptop or my iPad, and it's all connected, and it just simply reconnects it. When I have that time of release, I'm pushing away from. Jesus is at the mountaintop, or he's, he's away there at the lake, and it's that time where you can just reconnect with yourself, there's a time where you can just reconnect with your spouse, with your family, with God. I mean, last week, one of the things that I was able to do, just on taking a couple of days away, was every day I was able, there were times where Ava and I would go on walks, and we'd just talk. You have a campfire. We didn't really last week because it was like 97 and 92 in May. Holla, right? Welcome to Wisconsin. But typically, it's like, let's just, and we just have these conversations. Why? Because there's no digital devices. There's none of that going on. 
And cell phone reception is not good, which is intentional. And so we can just talk, not text, but talk. It's totally different. That's face-to-face, open our mouths and use what God gave us and talk and, and do that. And then, and, then just, and then with my wife and then alone by myself. And then just, it's just that time to be able to. I encourage you. You need the rest to reconnect, to reconnect here, to reconnect here, to reconnect with these relationships that are important in your life. That's what it is. It's a recharging. You don't go and use your phone and not recharge it. You have to stop ever so often. The battery life is only so long. So your bandwidth, your battery life is only so long before you are drained. And if you don't come apart and rest and recharge, release, you're going to come apart. And the last thing I'd say about this is that release is about recalibration. It's about recalibration. See, what happens is, is you and I are very selfish individuals. It's not that we intend to be. It's just how we're hardwired. If you don't believe me, go to the toddler nursery right now. In a three-year-old, it's another three-year-old, mine. That's mine. They're about to have a knockdown, drag-out fight over a tinker toy, right? It's mine. You understand? So, so the reality is it's just how we're hardwired. And what happens is when I get time to release from this and to kind of sit down and calm my RPMs, spend some time in prayer, spend some time in, in the word, and spend some time just reconnecting with myself, with my family, just having, getting, getting a good six, seven, eight hours of sleep that night and just being able to, what happens, I also get to examine me. Man, I really was pretty harsh with that person, with that staff member. Probably need to say I'm sorry. See, it gives, it gives space for the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. The Holy Spirit's not an it. He's a person. John's gospel tells us that the Holy Spirit is there to point to Jesus. He'll lead us into righteousness and convict us of our sins. Always pointing to Christ. So the reality is, is that that recalibration goes, man, I'm getting off course here. I'm getting emotionally connected with someone that I don't need to be emotionally connected with. I, I need to really make sure I'm connecting at home more. That gal in the office gave me attention that I'm craving because my wife has, we got two little kids at home and she's busy doing that and all of a sudden this, <sighs> yeah, God. Because if not, what happens is, is I, I'm going 90 miles an hour I don't slow down. I don't pull the RPMs down. I don't evaluate anything. I don't evaluate myself. And the reality of the truth of the matter is, is that I don't recalibrate myself. I don't give the time, the Holy Spirit time to speak to me and to point things out. And then everything becomes more and more and more about me, more and more and more about me, more and more and more about me. This is, this is one of the secrets to coming apart before you come apart. That's why Jesus says in the book of John, I do what I see the Father doing. He would get alone early in the morning and he would spend time with the Father and God would download with him the day of what was going to be happening that he would go do it that day. So when he saw the person, notice he doesn't heal everybody. Ever thought about that? He doesn't heal everybody that's on the planet. He doesn't heal everybody he comes in contact with. Who does he know who to heal? Because he does what he sees the Father doing. You can't This world has a savior and his name is Jesus. It's not Aaron. I can't meet every need. So what needs do I need to meet? 
I can't be everywhere. Where do I need to be? I can't do everything. What do I need to do? How do I know that? Spending time recalibrating and saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, keep me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, convict me. Holy Spirit, point me to the truth. And what happens is I come apart so I don't come apart. So I don't lose it on my employees. So I don't, I don't, I, I don't make some stupid decision that costs me my, my marriage or my future. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't get all in, in with me and, and, and make dumb financial decisions that put my family at risk. I'm not one of these Christians that I'm here when it's bad in my life and then when God starts blessing me, I'm gone. No, no, no. I get to keep this rhythm. So that why? Because it's a long haul. It's a sustainability. It brings alignment. So what I hope is that this, is that I'm, what I'm challenging you with today is being intentional in your life. And I think this is a great season. Life comes to us in seasons. This is a great season to take time out Weekly, you should have a time where you disconnect. But daily, there should be a rhythm where you're stressing through your day. That's not bad. That's good. In order to produce anything in life, there's going to be a stress. People that avoid stress never accomplish anything. They don't have a job. They don't do anything. There's going to be a time where I'm going to stress. I'm going to go, and I'm going to give, and I'm going to do that. But then there's going to be a time where I'm going to release. I'm going to retreat. And in that, I'm going to find rest. I'm going to find recalibration. I'm going to find reconnection. Only to power myself back up to go back out and do what God's called me to do. And I'm going to have this rhythm that I'm going to come apart so that I don't come apart out there. And then I live and run this race. And I think this summertime, we have this intentional time that where we take a vacation or a family vacation or a trip or whatever. And my encouragement is, find time to find this rhythm this summer. So that when school starts back in the fall, when life kicks back in the fall, because again... We do this in Wisconsin. And it's one thing I've noticed. In the summertime, we're very much European in the way that we approach summer. It's holiday. So we've got good weather for three months, thank God, at least most of the time. So we take advantage of it. And then when the things come in the fall, we kind of batten down the hatches. And then the winter comes, we don't really move and do anything. And we're just here until the spring comes again. And then we kind of open things up. And then we get out and we go and we do. And now we come back. We have this natural rhythm. It's kind of like a school year calendar. This summer, you're going to take time. Think about this. Come apart before you come apart. How does that work in your life daily? What does it look like in your life weekly? How does that work in your life seasonally? So that you're able to run this race the long haul. Father, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you today, Lord, for the simplicity of scripture. I thank you for the example that you are, Jesus. You are we're followers of you. To be Christians means that we're Christ-like. And sometimes we try to take on all the do's and don'ts, but the reality is it's beyond do's and don'ts. It's about us finding a rhythm that's sustainable, that's reflexive, that's natural. We're hardwired for this. We're hardwired to, because we're creating your image and your likeness, to, to work six on and have one off. We're hardwired that we need so much rest every day. We need a recharge every day. We need that release time every day so we can reconnect and so we can rest and so we can recalibrate ourselves daily. We need that weekly. And then we need that seasonally in our lives. I just pray, Lord, help us to make the choices to orient our lives and to put things in such a way 
that even when, when we see like in your word, where all the people are pressing in at the door and the crowd's about to crush you, you're able to handle it. Why? Because you came apart, so you don't have to come apart then. And help us to retreat to the mountain, to retreat to the lake, to retreat to our home. Sometimes choosing certain people and individuals that will fill our tank and replenish our system, our family, close friends, people that make us laugh and enjoy life. You've created us for that, Lord. A merry heart does good like a medicine, and a broken spirit, your word says, dries up the bones. It's good that we laugh. It's good that we're in relationship. We're created for this. So help us to have those days, to have those seasons, to have that moment and that time weekly and daily and throughout our life where we're just coming apart so that we don't come apart, to find that rhythm, to stress and to release, to stress and to release. In Jesus' name, amen.